I think the biggest component for me is going to therapy. Like, I think like that's how my business has grown is just going to counseling and figuring out my stuff and figuring out like all the barriers. Like I would just have a list, like I would have a running list of, okay, this is hard for me and it shouldn't be. I'm going to write it down. This is hard for me and it shouldn't be like talking to people about my brand hard for me and it shouldn't be like whatever it is. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview somebody like an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you, you listening to this right now, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Haley Yeager. She is the founder and designer of the socially conscious lifestyle brand Atonement Design. She's been a designer since she was a child, whether it was clothing, jewelry, decor, she was just always engulfed in creativity. As her skills evolved, she gravitated towards pairing an artistic eye with partnerships with talented artisans across the globe. And the concept for Atonement Design was born. Haley has actually become a dear friend of mine over the last few years. And watching her grow this business, grow this brand over the last few years has been a huge inspiration to me. And so I'm so excited to introduce her to you guys and for you to hear her story and to fall in love with her like I have. She's absolutely incredible. But before we get to my conversation with Haley, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Are you ready to ditch bleach forever, but you just cannot find a bleach? alternative that actually works? Well, you have got to meet the Extra Strength Oxygen Powder by Mama Suds. It launched on July 15th. I've had the chance to try it out over the last month or so, and it is incredible. Our stuff here at the farm, it gets dirty, okay? Let's be honest. We are outside in the chicken coop, working in the yard, and our stuff gets dirty and stinky, and this stuff is incredible. Now, not only is it a laundry booster and stain remover, but you can also use it as a scouring agent to clean any non-porous surface. Michelle at Mama Suds thinks of everything. She's awesome. So go check it out at mamasuds.com and you can use the coupon code MOLLY to get an extra 15% off. Without further ado, on to my conversation with Haley Yeager. I'm so excited to have my sweet, dear friend, Haley, here on the show today. Haley, welcome. Hi, Molly. Thank you for having me here. I'm so, so happy to have you. Um, we are in real life friends. Um, yes. Because we met, we met on the internet. When people say you can't make, make friends on the internet, they are lying. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. met on the internet and then we went on a retreat together or you came on a retreat with me and M. Gray uh, in mm-hmm. January of 2020, like before the world <laughs> shut down. And it was just the best time ever. And so I'm just, we talked about having you on the show then. And so to finally get you on the show now, like a year and a half later, which is like mm-hmm. long overdue. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, so thank you for being here. I am too. Thank you so much. I'm excited. It feels like the last year didn't count. So it really is just a yeah. couple months since yeah, I've seen we, you. We definitely, yeah. The, we're just going <laughs> to delete the list. It'll be fine. Okay. So I want everyone to fall in love with you uh, the way that I have, because you're just amazing. So um, give us the Haley 101. Tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, okay. 
Um, so my name is Haley Yeager. I am uh, a Northern California girl, and uh, I firmly believe that the state should be split in half because North and South are very different, both amazing, very different though. I live in wine country, so Sonoma County. My husband is a soil scientist and sustainability specialist and works in vineyards. So between the two of us, we're really passionate about sustainability and like just making things a little bit better if we can. And yeah, we live here. We don't have kids. We are looking to get a dog, but it's just the two of us and we love it. So um, I am the owner and founder and designer of a socially conscious fashion brand called Atomic Design. It is officially three years old now. And uh, so we have an online boutique. We almost opened an in-store boutique last March and then did not. <laughs> and then uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> then we op- then we thought the pandemic would last two weeks. So we planned to open in April and then did not again. So uh, right now we are all online and then we also do wholesale. So the wholesale piece is uh, I design jewelry and then it is made by um, artisans in Cambodia in partnership with the International Missions. They make all of our jewelry for us. Right now, they're currently shut down. So I am currently frantically making jewelry. And then we have clothes that are USA made, fair trade, and home goods too. So we believe in just like doing better when you can't do your best and trying to live in this weird middle area of just trying when, you know, you can't be perfect because yeah. fair trade is amazing, but you can't always afford every single thing. So yeah. I, uh, you saying like, we thought the pandemic would last like two weeks. That was, we were so cute and like naive. I remember this past March as I looked to my husband, I said, Hey, happy one year anniversary to two weeks to slow the spread. Remember that? (laughs) Remember that? That was adorable. They were like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Anyway, we're not going to get on that topic. Um, so obviously I want to, really talk all about atonement and everything that you've done with it because you've grown uh this just really incredible brand and the way that you have incorporated both you know purchasing from artisans and and uh, socially conscious brands that you know and being kind of like a you know a boutique with and you purchase wholesale and all that kind of stuff but then also creating your own products as well is mm-hmm. just it's really unique but i want to go back and talk about how you got there? Where, where, what is your journey into sustainability? Where did this passion come from? And what made you wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to start a socially conscious fashion brand? Well, um, a small dose of, uh, I guess naivety, um, thinking that I was 18, like, this will be great and easy. So I guess back in high school, I fell in love with the fair trade concept and artisan made items. And I wanted to have a boutique that would donate proceeds to all these different things. I used to work for boutique and it was a lot of fun, but I didn't really put two and two together that wherever there's an organization, that means there's a need. So like we have fair trade, we shouldn't have to have fair trade, right? Like it should just be standard, I guess. Right. But I fell in love with this concept and, you know, partnering with artisans. And I thought, okay, well, I want to do that too. I want to like elevate where we can. I mean, I grew up in a household. My father passed away when I was younger and my mom um, was a single parent. And I thought, man, if we weren't in a country with resources and like, if we didn't have this mindset where women can work, what would we do? You know, and in other countries, not all women can work and when they, or at least in different times too, like when their husband dies, they're just out of luck. So that kind of started training or turning the wheels a little bit. And then um, I went off to school and I started majoring in business with a minor in 
nonprofit organizations and entrepreneurship. And I've been a designer since I was a kid. That's like always been my, I guess, outlet. Like when I was little, I would make clothes, I would make jewelry, I'd do all the things. I made my first quilt when I was eight years old and I still have it. I love that. <laughs> it's really cute. Except that it, the fabric was all scraps. And so there are some um, pentagrams on it, but um, we just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of, you know, go gloss over that part. But, you know, Julie's been my outlet. So like, I remember like the day my dad passed away, they were like coming as 10 and like, they're coming to get his body and all the things. And I remember like being down in my little jewelry studio, just making jewelry to like pass the time mm. as we could enter into the next phase. So it's just always been the, like the thing that kind of keeps me going. So yeah. I've wanted to do something with that. And it was always just going to be jewelry and partner with artisans. And I designed jewelry. Some of them are way too creative, like horrifyingly too creative, um, looking back at them. And uh, so I graduated college. And during that time, I started learning about slavery and how relevant it is and just like that it's everywhere. Like everywhere you turn, there's some type of slavery happening. And so I actually volunteered for a local organization down in San Diego where I went to school. And uh, it just felt very close. Like it was in your backyard. And I thought, okay, I love fashion, but like it's ridden with slavery too. So like, how can I help this area too? So I just started researching brands and trying to look into it. And I started selling clothes where I would sell jewelry to some fair trade items. But then I realized like I couldn't afford any of the clothes I was actually selling. So uh, <laughs> who else could too in my <laughs> demographic? So I just started looking into USA Made Things too to make it more accessible. And of course, there are issues in every area, but like at least it's better. So that's kind of the mindset around it. And it was very messy. I was working full time. I was uh, working in accounting and then I worked, I sold money to people after college. I worked in business financing and I worked for like a shark kind of guy. Didn't realize it. That was just basically like robbing small businesses with loans. Oh, that's so. good. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Uh, learned what I don't want to do. Uh, learned what kind of boss I don't want to be. He did the whole like, try to encourage you to wear scandalous clothes to the office thing. And so I quit pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, so I just like had a lot of weird random jobs. I worked in marketing for a optical coding company and sold like that sold thin films and microscopes kind of stuff. So I was their marketing department. And I thought, you know what, I really don't like thin films. I'm not really into filters. So uh I think it's time. Like I got married. My husband's like, yeah, it's just time for you to do your own thing. Like you are not happy. Like we can afford this. Like just quit your job, work on your business. And so that was three years ago that I actually started it. It's always been a concept and an idea, but yeah, I finally like actually started it. And then I've only been full-time and I, so I went down to part-time actually for a year and a half. And then I've only been full-time since like right before the pandemic started. So like wow. I quit my job fully like a year ago, a year and like a few months ago. Wow. Well, I think I really appreciate you kind of sharing that whole, you know, I always say like our journeys are never a straight line. And so oh. often I think when we share these stories towards entrepreneurship, it inspires and encourages other hopeful entrepreneurs. It really inspires and encourages consumers too to when we kind of take the veil off, so to speak. And we see like, hey, guess what? Like, this is hard. This is not a polished yeah. journey. This is not uh, this is not just a straight path to success. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. all of your different experiences and different jobs and different industries give you knowledge and information to say like, oh, well, this is how I would want to run a business. This is how I would not want to run a business. And 
But then even along the way, it gives you connections and you're building relationships and all those kinds of things. And so talk to us about, so you left your job or you were leaving your job and you started to pursue atonement design. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk about the name because I love the story about what caused you to, to name it atonement design. Yeah. So, okay. I guess back, I'll backtrack. So when I was in high school, I graduated high school and one of my girlfriends went off to do YWAM. And, um, for those that don't know what that is, what is that? Oh, sorry. YWAM. So youth with a mission, which is a missionary program. They have bases all over the world. Um, it's a tad charismatic, but really fun and so amazing. And, you just learn so much when you're there. And so basically you do training for three months and then you go out and do missionary work for like two to three months after that. So it's a, like a five to six month program. So my, one of my friends did YWAM and, uh, she still does it. She's been doing it for like 12 years or something. And, um, she loved it and had these incredible experiences. And I just kind of always thought like, oh, maybe at some point I'll do that and see if I want to be a full-time missionary or if I want to work in ministry or like that could be a great way to kind of see what direction I want to go in. So um, I guess it the way it happened was a little bit silly. My mom uh, wouldn't let me go on a road trip with a girlfriend after I, I had graduated high school and I was going to college. And she said, no, you're not going on a road trip. And so I said, okay, fine. I'm going to move to another country and be a missionary. So I signed up for YWAM and I went to, the training was in London. Then we did outreach elsewhere, but I felt like the Lord was just telling me kind of like what he wanted for my life and was just encouraging me that I was going to just be a light to people in this industry and that I would try and partner with people along the way. And that this was just kind of my path. And it felt very atypical and it felt very different. I thought, okay, God, like if you want me to do something where we are just like trying to make things a little bit better as we go, or trying to like make something whole where it's not whole, like, what do you want it to be? If you, if you want this to happen, you have to give me a name. So I just remember reading my Bible and the word atonement kept coming up and it was like seven times in this section of scripture. I thought, huh, okay, that could be an interesting name. Cause you could do a lot with long words. You could do a lot with them. You know, you could shorten them, do lots of things. So, um, I started looking into the meaning of it and just with it being wholeness and yeah. reconciliation and lots of brokenness coming together to make something beautiful. And just like the vision of us too, like we are broken people, but we will one day be made whole. Mm. We are, um, light bearers of Christ. We can be you know, we can just show the love of Christ wherever we go, even though we are just so human and like so broken. We are not called to be perfect. We are just called to encourage and equip and love people. And so the more I started looking into it and making parallels with like slavery and uh, organizations that are helping women, like partnering with them to become whole again, it just like felt very much like, like us, like I am a broken woman becoming whole again. And we all are like, we are all in the same boat of like brokenness and mm, yeah. trying to figure it out, you know? And so that's kind of how the name started. And of course the domain was taken. So I thought, okay, God, <laughs> are we doing this or not? <laughs> and <laughs> can't have a business without a domain. So I just bought like atonement jewelry, but I knew like it wasn't just me jewelry. And then finally, like right when I was filing my LLC, like maybe six months before I checked and it was open. So I stole it. I love you did not steal it. You took what was yours. 
I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Haley to thank our other partner of the show, and that is DeMath. And I love DeMath so much that I actually have the founder, Julie Billingham, here with me to share a little bit more about why this ethical brand is so incredible. Julie? Oh, Molly, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to partner with you and to be a part of this community that you've built. I mean, Demay is a sustainable footwear and fashion brand, and we have the steadfast commitment to creating authentic fashion and fashion accessories. And it's really our great honor to produce things that matter. And our Haitian craftsmen and women really take such pride in each handbag we make, each pair of sandals that we assemble. And um, we just love what we do so much. And we are, we're proud to craft, you know? And so thanks for having us. Absolutely. And for those of you who want to check out Demet, you can do so online at D-E-U-X-M-A-I-N-S dot com. And you can use the promo code Molly and that will get you 15% off your purchase. Now back to our show. Okay. So you have the name, which I just love the name behind. I love the story behind that and the heart behind it. And it really does just speak to your mission. And you started small and you slowly began to expand. So what did that look like for you in the early days? Like, did you just kind of start with one product and then expand from there? At what point did you really start to uh, realize that you had the opportunity to grow? So I realize that's kind of like a twofold question, but... No, it's okay. Hmm. Okay. So I will also start off by saying that I am a very shy person person, I guess, in some ways. Um, I was telling my husband that and he's like, I'm sorry, you just had a podcast where you shared a lot of personal information. You were real comfortable with it. You are not shy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I was more of a very insecure person, I guess is the way to say it. Like very shy, very insecure, did not know what I was doing, did not feel confident. When I was a kid, I like needed all the tutoring. Like I just was, I also had ADD, but didn't undiagnosed ADD. And so when I first started, I was just making jewelry and then like donating proceeds, but I wasn't like super confident in it. It was just like, oh, I don't know how to share this with people. I don't want to be that person that never shuts up about whatever it is they're doing and then everyone <laughs> hates you. And so then I kind of defaulted to like not talking about it at all. Like there was just the socially awkward balance of trying to figure out how to tell people about what you're doing without pushing it on them was very confusing to me. Yeah. So I started just kind of making jewelry, donating proceeds, doing little fairs here and there, like selling to my friends or, you know, didn't know how to price things at all. And uh, then I thought, okay, you know what? This isn't going to be sustainable. If I want to grow, I can't be the one making it. I was taking this jewelry course at the time. And the lady was like, 20% of your time needs to be manufacturing, 80% marketing. And I'm like, okay, well, let's right now flop. Like I cannot figure this out. So um, I started looking into organizations that made jewelry. So I was looking up like anti-human trafficking organizations that had uh, job training and stuff. And I found a couple and started just emailing people and asking them if they could make my stuff and um, found this one out of Thailand. And it was horrible. Like I, I sent them some photos of designs. They sent back designs that were just so hideous and so ugly. And I thought, oh God, this is never going to work. Like oh, no. no one will buy this. <laughs> And then right before we like finally got some kinks worked out, right before I was going to uh, launch my jewelry brand, they shut down their whole program. So that was unfortunate. And so I had to start it all over, which totally is, it happens. It's very common. So if that happens to you, just keep moving along. But um, 
Yeah. So then I finally found one called Agape International Missions and they... Which I had Bridget Brewster on the show a couple years ago. So they are, and it's um, also known as AIM. Um, They are Mm -hmm. just an unbelievable organization. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear their story. Yeah, totally. Um, And they are two hours away from me. So like their headquarters is just two hours away from me. And so I was very jaded and nervous. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to make sure this place exists. So I'm going to just drive over there. So I (laughs) went over there to meet them. I emailed them first, of course. I went over and met them and um, talked about, you know, how it works with jewelry and all that. And so they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I just dropped off. Like I had my whole bag of like jewelry and like all the things to make products hoping like they'll just take it from me and go make it and like take it with them on their next trip. And they did. They're like, okay, great. We'll talk to you soon. And they just like took all my stuff. And so I guess from that point, I was still just really nervous, but thought like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I need to figure it out, you know? So I uh, started going to therapy because I feel like self-discovery is Mm. the key to success. And so I started going to therapy and trying to figure out why I was such a nervous person and like why it was so hard for me to do a lot of like just regular normal things while also growing a brand. So, you know, when you have social anxiety, it only like exemplifies online. You're like online behind a computer and like you can't read anybody's tone. So you think like, yeah, you think everybody's mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) You're mad, you know, and they're just like not mad at all. So that was a big challenge for me trying to figure that out. And so I had some people helping with social media, but it like wasn't always helpful, I guess. And then um, finally started meeting some friends that were actually really good at social media and other things. And so I have, I finally hired somebody to help me and she's amazing. But um, yeah, I think like the, how I've grown has just been like little steps, like finding a problem, being determined to fix it figuring it out. And like, after a while, you just have solved a lot of problems. And so you like start to figure out systems and education is huge. I've been taking lots of courses. And um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how I've done it. I've been trying to be really good at delegating. And I think the biggest component for me is going to therapy. Like, I think like, that's how my business has grown is just going to counseling and figuring out my stuff and figuring out like all the barriers. Like I would just have a list, like I would have a running list of okay, this is hard for me and it shouldn't be. I'm going to write it down. This is hard for me and it shouldn't be. Like talking to people about my brand, hard for me and it shouldn't be. Like whatever it is, taxes. I mean, that's just hard, but you know, extra hard for me shouldn't be. Um, And so then I would just go to my therapist and say like, okay, so these are things that I've run into that are hard, that shouldn't be this hard. Like, what are we doing? And so then we would talk about it. And so then like, then I was able to tackle things that needed to be tackled. Mm, mm. I really love your transparency and talking about the importance of seeking counseling and how that plays out as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. And that is, I mean, if that ain't a word in and of itself, I don't know what is because I guarantee you there is an entrepreneur, a business owner, or just a person listening who maybe hasn't realized that maybe counseling would be something that would be beneficial for them. And I mean, I I think we're at a point with where counseling is, there's no longer a stigma Mm -hmm. aligned with it. But I still think there is a hesitancy for people to seek counseling because they think that they only need to go to counseling if they're in crisis. When it's like, no, a lot of times, you know, it's just think about like when you own a car 
And like, yeah. you need to do regular car maintenance. Like you need to get the oil changed. You need to get the tires rotated. Like you're not always taking your car into the shop when you have an $1,800 repair because your, you know, your timing belt or whatever that thing is, like is needs to be replaced. And then your spark plugs are old and like, whatever, like you don't have these constant, like massive repairs. You're, you should be regularly going in to get your car just tuned up. And that in so many ways is what I think counseling should and can be is just taking care of yourself. And as you identify problems and, you know, you're able to talk through them and work through them, and then it doesn't turn into a situation where you are in crisis and all of a sudden you are like frantically, you know, trying to find a counselor and catch them up. The reason I say this is because that's was my story is I didn't go to counseling for the first time until I was, you know, in crisis. And then it was like, hi, let me catch you up on the last 33 years of trauma. OK, great. Yeah. All right. Here mm-hmm. is all of my stuff. Um, don't zero stars don't recommend. Um, so, uh, but that, I I think that's just a really encouraging thing to do while you are also running a business because running a business is hard. And, um, I love that you were like talking about my business to other people is hard and shouldn't be. That is a (laughs) word. Like so many people have that, have that same issue. So you're not alone. People Mm -hmm. listening, you, I know you resonated with that as well. You are not alone. So, you know, what does the business look like for you today? I mean, I will just say that your jewelry is absolutely beautiful. Um, you are just such a talented designer. Everything you make is so unique and but on trend and uh, special. Every time I wear my earrings that I have from you, I get compliments on them. So you you have a real talent and skill. Um, obviously, outside of your jewelry, you ha- you carry some of the cutest clothes and... <laughs> So many amazing things that really just show that, hey, guys, guess what? Ethical fashion can actually be really trendy and beautiful and cute and you can look great. And it is not, you know, macrame vests in a sunflower field. Um, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but what what do things look like for you today? I know, obviously, the pandemic, as it mm-hmm. did for everyone, threw monkey wrenches in there. Yeah. But what does it look like for you now? Yeah. So, right now. So the pandemic, yes, through wrench in it, but for me, it threw a great, a great wrench. Mm. Um, so yes, I was supposed to open a store and that didn't happen. Boohoo. It's fine. We'll figure it out. But, um, I was doing a lot of like in-person events and not as many like online sales type things. Yeah. So with COVID shut down all in the uh, in-person events are exhausting. Yeah. And like, you just never know if it's going to be good or not. You'll go to one, you like lose money and you just wasted your whole day. And you know, sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes it's great. But because of that, I had to do all online and pivoted that way and like discovered that I do have customers there. I just mm-hmm. needed to market to them in the way that they need to be marketed to. And so for me, I've been able to grow online in a way that's been really great. And sometimes I don't have to leave my house for a whole week. So Mm. I've been enjoying that pivot a lot. Um, And so I started selling in, I have a Facebook group that's a lot of fun. And so I started selling in there and um, I get a lot of my business in there. And so that kind of started the growth of online. And so I thought, okay, well, we'll start here and then we'll grow into everything else. So started with the Facebook group and then hired my first assistant after that to help me pack orders. I was up till like two in the morning packing orders at night and 
And then like not hanging out with my husband. And my husband was like, I don't want to do that. I'm not helping you with that. I'm going to go do something that I enjoy. <laughs> so I like up and talk to like, do you want to help me with orders? So then we could like be done early. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'll support you in every other way. <laughs> so yeah, packing orders. And so I thought, you know what? I need help. And so uh, one of my friends was talking about how she's going to start doing like Grubhub deliveries. Like a bunch of our friends were doing Grubhub or something at the time. I'm like, well, wouldn't you rather pack orders for me instead and do other things with me? She's like, yeah, let's try it. So she was my first hire. She just did orders at first. And then um, she started doing like product uploads also. And then I needed help with Instagram. I just like, everyone always talks about how much they love Instagram. I'm just not, I'm not an Instagram lover. It's just not my deal. So (laughs) I try to love it. And I thought, we're only going to like grow Instagram if we have someone that likes it. So um, one of my other girlfriends was doing Instagram for uh, like two other businesses part-time. I thought, we'll just do mine too. So she took that and now she runs my Instagram and like does some content development for me. And then I do the rest of the, she does like, she, we probably split it 50, 50 ish. So she does all of Instagram and then I use that content for other things, but I do like all the Facebook marketing and the like newsletters and things like that and strategy behind everything. And then as we've grown into those roles and I've delegated there, now I'm thinking, okay, like where else do I need to pivot and change things a little bit? So then I found a PR person and she is going to start helping me with PR to get the brand out there. And then I also, my website's a disaster SEO wise. So then I hired an SEO company. So it's just like step-by-step, like, okay, we have that delegated now. What do we tackle next? So then I tackled that. And what else did I just do? Oh, I started Facebook ads. Yeah. We just started all these little things one by one. And I'm just hiring my next employee next month as well. So yeah, that's such a great encouragement too, is I always use the phrase hire where it hurts. Like if there is something in your business that you don't like to do, or you know that you're not good at, like hire somebody who can do that. That is so valuable. That's a great investment in your business because then you can spend time doing what you are better at or what you do enjoy. That is, there is no shame in that. That is a wise, wise, wise business decision. Um, Well, Haley, I am so excited for you. And I just think that the world of you, I think your brand is incredible. And I love what you are doing with your jewelry designing and um, the boutique online and just seeing how much you've grown in the few years that I've known you. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's an encouragement to me. I'm cheering you on. Um, so for the listeners, I'm going to have all of Haley's links and how you can shop atonement design in the show notes. So go check her out, support this incredible, small, socially conscious fashion brand. And just let's just be cheering Haley on (laughs) as she grows. So, um, but Haley, this is now the part of the show where we transition just a little bit where I ask some fun, get to know you questions. So Haley, are you ready for the get to know you round? Yes, I am. All right. Question number one, what song do you have to sing along with the moment you hear it? Oh, 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 I love Al Green. You know Al Green is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. His Let's Stay Together. I love Al Green so much. I wanted him to be the officiant at my wedding, but he's, you know, a little hard to track down. So. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little yeah, bit. But no, that that would have been awesome. <laughs> right? I remember praying like as an 18-year-old, like, Lord, 
please let Al Green be alive when I get married. Please don't let him go yet. I just <laughs> want him to be. He didn't. I didn't advise. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No judgment. No judgment from me. Um, okay. If you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night, rest of your life, what would it be? Okay. So my husband is the cook in our house and uh, he makes this incredible, well, I guess he just makes like Euro tacos Mm. that are really good. And so they're like Greek Euro tacos. And he's a soil scientist, as I mentioned. So he grows all of our, or he grows a bunch of food out in our yard, but some of them are like just a bunch of herbs. We have a huge thing of herbs. And so he somehow knows all the herbs to put in. And so he makes this incredible Greek Euro taco thing. And I could eat that every single day. It's amazing. That sounds really good. And now I want to eat one. Now I'm really hungry. (laughs) Um, Random, but tacos made me think of. So since we moved to the farm, one thing that I have been trying to do, not with everything, is look at things that we eat a lot of that I'm like, what could I make myself like from scratch? Like, what do I buy a lot of that I could make from scratch? And anyone that knows me knows that I eat a lot of Mexican, Latin American style infused meals. Okay. It's my favorite kind of food. And so obviously I eat a lot of tortillas. Um, And so I started to learn how to make my own tortillas. And my husband, the first time I did it, and it took me forever the first time I did it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm getting much better. It still takes a little bit longer, but I'm getting the hang of it. But the first time I made them, my husband took a bite and he was like, I really wish someone had told me the last time I ate store-bought tortillas, that that would be the last time I'd ever eat store-bought tortillas because they are so good. And I'm not even going to lie to you. Like I, all I want to do is eat tacos on my homemade tortillas because there is just nothing like a store-bought tortilla ain't got nothing on a homemade tortilla. I'm just throwing that out there. So anybody listening, y'all want to come over and have tacos with my homemade tortillas? Mm-hmm. I'll make them. Um, okay. Is there a recipe for that you could share maybe? That'd it's right. uh, it, So you can search like homemade flour tortillas. Um, okay. I have been trying different recipes and kind of trying to figure out how to make it my own. But I mean, it's pretty basic ingredients. It's basically like flour, oil, salt, and water. Um, And then it's figuring out the right consistency, the right thickness. But I have been like testing out adding in some herbs or some spices into the mix to add like a little zest into the tortilla. So I'm trying it out because I want it like, obviously, like there's a reason that it's a pretty basic recipe that has worked for thousands of years. So it's not like I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. But then I'm also at the same time, like, okay, how do I make it my own? So I've done like some lime infused, like I put some uh, lime zest in one. So yeah, so it's pretty fun. Anyway, totally off track. Uh, It's all right. Okay, what was your favorite movie to watch growing up? Oh, 16 Candles. Oh, so good. Dong. Dong. Where is my automobile? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Big fan of 16 Candles here as well obviously. Molly Ringwald. I watched every movie Molly Ringwald was in for obvious reasons. Okay. And then my last question, uh, Haley, for you is what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Hmm. So I sign all of my newsletters together. We're doing a little better every day. And Hmm. so I think just a business with purpose is just doing a little better than yesterday. Just Hmm. like trying. We are never going to be perfect and that's okay. You know, we we're not made to be that way. Um, but just doing better where you can and 
within my business too. Like, okay, what could be more efficient so we can stand by our mission more? Like what could we change? What can we get rid of? Uh, just like always striving to do a little bit better and like yeah. making those little steps, I think is, yeah, the business with purpose for me. Oh, I love that. And that's one of my, yeah, your newsletter is amazing. Everybody should also sign up for Haley's newsletter. She sends it out every single week and you get to see her beautiful smiling face that I took that picture. Every time I see it, it makes me so happy because I'm like, I took that picture of you girl before the world shut down. Um, And I mean, also we, I don't think we ever talked about the fact that like the place that we went to eat dinner at in Nashville, like the week after we left was when they had that, the Nashville tornado and it yeah. like destroyed. I mean, we were, I, I was on the news, I was watching the news and I was like that, wait a second, that was where we ate. Like that was where we were. So, um, which was just so sad. And to think that that was just like the start of <laughs> many things. Um, anyway. Okay. Random. Sorry. Didn't mean to end on that. Uh, Haley, you are such a gift. And I just, like I said, I just adore you. And I just think the world of you. So thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun to see you and uh, for the, to just hear you share your story with the listeners. And thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy to see you too. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts, click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend, leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend. It is totally free for you. And it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. Purpose.